The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Good evening to you, 708, and we are ready to go. We hope you are as well. The evening edition of the Employment Law Show reaching out, as you know, set to go. Lines open, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. That is how you get through. We'd love to talk to you here uh, tonight. You want to email some questions. In fact, we're going to get through the uh, the inbox and to empty it out a little, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as far as websites are concerned, the most useful that you want to use right now, anytime, as a matter of fact, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. All the information you need, even before a phone call, can be had at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, including the severance pay calculator is wrapped up in that website as well. So there you go. Tons of contact and tons of time to get started. Again, 416-870-6400, live call-in show. The show is for you, so bring it on. Pal, what are you, uh, you going to start with tonight? Oh, gosh, uh, a lot to choose from always, uh, John. You know, I yeah. actually always spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what issue to bring up in the week that was because I do deal with so many issues, so many questions. Uh, these things come up in, in, in droves. Uh, so if you have questions right now, you're one of the many people that – are struggling now with COVID-19, with the impact on your job or your job security, no need to struggle alone. If you call us right now, I can give you some thoughts, I can give you some answers, hopefully some direction as well, so that you know what to do. You can take that information and, and proceed with, with uh, being armed with that knowledge. So there's no bad questions. There are no problems that don't have a solution or a way out of them. So believe me on that. Take us out for a spin. Try us. Call us right now. We'll answer all your questions. This is uh, for you. This opportunity uh, comes up here every time we do the show, so take advantage. But week there was situations that came across my desk. And, and John, I, I know I've talked about this before on the show, but probably the main question I've been getting over the past you know, six or eight weeks has to do with vaccines. I get emails, I get questions. Every single time I'm on air or on social media or emails or phone, people ask me about vaccines and ask me whether or not the employer can make them get a vaccine, whether or not their job could be in jeopardy if, in fact, they don't get vaccinated. This week was no different. I got a call from a gentleman, actually someone that I've known for years, and he had contacted me to say that his employer, uh, where he's been working for at least four years now, said to him that if he doesn't get uh, the vaccine by June the 1st, then he's out of a job. As simple and as blunt as that. And, you know, this person wanted to know whether that's possible or legal. Well, hopefully our regular listeners know the answer to this. The answer is no, it's not legal. Your employer cannot make you get a vaccine. Now, listen, I'm not making any comments about vaccines. I think people should go get vaccinated as soon as possible. But we're dealing with the law here. And your employer cannot make you or require you to get a vaccine. There's a human rights issues there. There's, there's privacy issues there. So you cannot be forced to get a vaccine. Your job cannot be terminated if you refuse. Some exceptions to that may be in hospitals or in nursing homes where you're dealing with very, very vulnerable people. 
For most other individuals, you have a right to make that decision. Now, your employer could ask you if you've been vaccinated uh, or not, because they may need to know whether or not to have you work remotely or whether to have you wear a mask, those types of things. So it's okay to ask that question to decide what kind of accommodation is required, but not to decide whether or not you're going to be losing your job. So if you're one of those people that uh, is facing an ultimatum, uh, ultimatum or threats from your employer, you're, you better get vaccinated or else. Give uh-huh. me a call. Let's talk about that. It's not legal. Uh, and you may hear stories that in the U.S. this is common. I'm not going to make any comments about the U.S. other than to say that our laws here in Canada, certainly in Ontario, are, are very, very different. So whatever happens in the U.S. doesn't impact us here, and it's not legal to force you or to threaten you with respect to getting a vaccine. Just getting our first uh, calls lined up here, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, email address. Here. We're going to empty out that uh, that inbox a bit tonight as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to get to uh, to Cosmo. Hey, Cosmo, thanks for, uh, thanks for chiming in. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? I have a question um, in relation to a friend that uh, she's been working as a medical secretary for 30 years. The doctor will be terminating her employment like she'll be retiring. I was wondering, is my friend's wife entitled to severance? So, Cosmo, what's not clear to me, you said that she'll be retiring and she'll be terminated. Which one is it? She's either retiring or she's be terminated. Retiring. That means she will not... she will not have a job. She'll be out of a job. I see. So it's not her decision. It's because the doctor is retiring. Absolutely. So she, if she's been there for 30 years, yes, not only is she owed severance, she's owed about 24 months of severance. 24 months. Now, that said, if the doctor gave her advance notice of the termination of her employment, that counts towards her severance. So for example... If the doctor gave her 12 months notice, so in 12 months, we're terminating your employment because I'm retiring. That means that in 12 months, the doctor has to make up the difference and only pay her another 12 months because he already gave her 12 months notice. Do you know if she's received advance notice of her end date? No, she has not received any type of notice. The doctor has just been floating around in her mind saying, listen, I'm thinking of retiring within the next year or two and I'll be closing my practice. So if she gets formal advance notice in writing with a specific end date, that amount of notice could count towards her severance. If she doesn't get uh, that type of notice, she simply has to get paid 24 months pay once the doctor retires. Either way, if that happens, if she's out of a job, uh, if she doesn't get 24 months pay, have her call me as soon as possible. That's not difficult to resolve. I'll be able to get her what she's owed. 24 months is the right number for her. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you guys have a great night, and it's a great show. Thank you. Thanks, Cosmo. Really, I really appreciate that. Here is the number to carry forth uh, once uh, you figure out what's going on. One eight five, uh, yeah, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, that's to reach Lior and the and the team. He's got one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Really simple. But here and now, always, 416-870-6400. Going to bring on more calls. This show is live and always for you. JP, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Good evening. Just a question for you. Um, I work in a sales department. Uh, There was two of us uh, doing the same position. And they hired a third person during COVID, uh, during slow, slow times. What are your thoughts there? So are you on uh, commission? Yes. 
And is it fair to say that this will reduce your commission because now you're sharing the uh, the sales with another guy? Absolutely. And what kind of an impact do you think realistically this is going to have on your commissions? Dollar-wise? Yeah, or, or even percentage of your income. Uh, probably fifty to 75000 Jeez. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's huge. And here's the thing. I mean, obviously an employer is allowed to run its business, but it also has to act in good faith with respect to the, those employees that, that depend on it. And if you were earning commission, you're depending on the good faith decisions of your employer. So if they did that, unless they can show a really, really good reason, yeah, that could absolutely be a constructive dismissal because they did something that they were not required to do knowing that it's going to impact your your compensation in this way. So yeah, this is kind of a, a unique type of a constructive dismissal, but it absolutely could be. So if in fact you see that your compensation is impacted, because who knows, maybe they're thinking, well, we're about to generate more sales, so there's still going to be a lot of work for everyone. But if you are seeing that your compensation is impacted, you have to make a decision. Do you stay on and continue and it is what it is? Or do you want to say constructive dismissal? Now, how long have you worked there, JP? Uh, over 20 years. So yeah, you're looking, you know, severance for you could be easily 18 months or even more than that. So that's what you have to consider. If you want your severance, if you want to say constructive dismissal, give me a call. But I would want to see that your compensation has actually been impacted in practice rather than hypothetically. Right. Okay, sounds good. I'll be in touch. Sounds good. Wonderful. Thanks, JP. Appreciate that. And again, one 821 5900 is the way to do that. And pocketemploymentlawyer.ca mentioned that off the top. That is a free website for you. There's tons of information about uh, employment law, wrongful dismissal, being a contractor, not a contractor, and as well, the severance pay calculator, which is really how it got all started years ago with hundreds of thousands of uses is also part of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, great website. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break because it's just about that time. Give you some time to grab a phone, make a call, just like Cosmo and, and JP after him, 416-870-6400. And we're going to dip into the mailbag as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. It is, and you got lots of time, so bring it on. It's only 7.20. We're, uh, we got open lines, and we got time, and we got answers, 416-870-6400. That is the way uh, to do that. So get on board, give us a call, and uh, get some answers for sure. As I mentioned, going to go to the, uh, the inbox, the email. we got so much. we got to get through some of it, so we want to start right now. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That regard, first one up is Paul says, "Hey, Lior, my boss just told me that I have to get a COVID vaccine in the next two weeks, or I'm out of a job. Is this legal?" What did I tell you, John? Right yep. at the beginning, that that's probably the com most common question I've been getting, and and you know I touched on this at the beginning of the show. No, it's not legal. Again, I, I don't necessarily know what what Paul's job is, but unless he's in a hospital or in a very very 
safety safety sensitive position where he's dealing with vulnerable individuals his employer cannot do that his employer cannot make him get that vaccine or threaten him or fire him if he doesn't so paul if you're listening give me a call let's have a chat about this uh there's two options here either i get your employer to back off by uh telling them why they're wrong and why they can't do that or if they do the the illegal thing and let you go we deal with the consequences and that flows uh, flow from that and get you the compensation that you you wrote. Either way, it's not legal. Employer can't do that. So connect with me. Appreciate that, uh, Paul. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Daryl is coming up next. Says I was just given a termination letter that offers me twelve weeks severance after four and a half years with the company. The HR manager says that if I hire a, if I hire a lawyer, the company will feel that I am threatening it and will refuse to pay me the twelve weeks. Does it make sense to contact you in these circumstances? Well, we kind of just did, but right. Well, <laughs> if if it only worked that way, well, listen, right. if, if, if you upset us, we're not going to pay you severance. Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. Severance is not something a company pays if it likes you or if it's in a good mood. Severance is something company pays because it has to legally pay it. So it's not up to the company to decide what you get or why, when it doesn't feel like paying you. Remember, no, no one likes uh, to hear from a lawyer. No one's going to say, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so looking forward to hearing from your lawyer. Okay, let's be honest about that. But the reality is if you're owed more and they're not going to pay more, you have to get a lawyer involved. But the good news is it's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to be a long, long process. And the company can't avoid paying what they owe. So don't worry about this nonsense about hiring a lawyer. Uh, it's not going to matter. They have to pay what, the, uh, what they owe you. And the only way to make them, if they refuse to do it, because, hey, by the way, after 12 or four and a half years, He's owed more than 12 weeks. He's probably owed 26 weeks, which is six months. So if you're owed another three months pay, why would you ever walk away from that? Give me a call. Let me do what I do, and I'll uh, I'll make sure you get paid. Daryl, yeah, reaching out again, one 821 is the, uh, the way to do that. Dana coming up here says, I've uh, been off in a stress leave for two months, but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I will be treated. Now what do I do? Well, the, the thing is this, for you to have legal recourse, you need to be able to show how, you, how you've been treated. In other words, it can't just be your word against the companies. So if she has a way to show the mistreatment, there's emails, there's something recorded, there's a witness, there's some way to show it, then she doesn't have to go back and she can still say, this is a constructive dismissal. By treating me badly, you've ended the employment relationship. I'm not going to come back. And employer, you're still going to have to pay me severance. But that only works if you can establish it. So what I would say to her is if you can't prove this mistreatment or the harassment, consider going back and starting to document things. And if she's right and she's going to start being mistreated again, let's document. Let's, let's keep records of these things and then say constructive dismissal. Potentially, she could go back for a couple of weeks and then we'll be ready to proceed with a constructive dismissal. She can always quit, right? She can quit now and not go back to work. That's fine. But if we're talking about quitting and still getting compensation, not just quitting and walking away, you need to be able to show why and how you've been mistreated. The company is not going to admit it. The company is not going to look down in shame and say, yes, we did it. We have to prove it. If you can prove it, we're in business. If not, let's build a case 
and then let's proceed. Yeah, that's something, I mean, you always say in, in every facet of life, but especially when we do the show when it comes to employment law, always document things. There's absolutely no harm except a couple minutes of your time just to put something in an email or jot it on a piece of whatever. Just have some sort of contemporaneous record of things that happen in the workplace just in case down the road you got to come back and rely on them, right? Yeah, and that's so true in situation where you've been uh, harassed or mistreated. For people that are have been victims of workplace harassment, it's so real and, and so tangible to them. They, they they see it, they live it every day. So it's hard for them to think that they also have to to be able to prove it. But keep in mind, as real as the harassment is, you can be sure that the person doing the harassing is not going to admit it. So you have to still prove it somehow. And you saying yes and them saying no is not going to be particularly effective. That's why, as we've just said, document, 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 document. Keep uh, a record or a journal or send someone an email at the time confirming what was said, confirming what happened. If you do that, man, oh, man, dealing with harassment becomes so much easier. 416-870-6400. That is the number. Mary, thank you for taking some time. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I'm being laid off the end of May. Um, and I was just wondering, um, our company is, uh, they didn't renew their lease. And uh, they're giving another company their work that I did. They're paying them, to, I guess, to do it. And I was just wondering, I was, I had to train, I had to train the person yesterday and today. Is that allowed? So obviously training your replacement is, you know, a fairly miserable thing, right? It, no one's going to enjoy that. But from a legal standpoint, yeah, there's nothing illegal about it. An employer can ask you to do that. It's not a, again, not a pleasant situation by any means, but not illegal. The real issue okay. here, Mary, is that of severance. So let's talk a bit about that. How long have okay. you worked for this company for? Uh, 21 years, eight months. Okay. And what kind of a job and how old are you, Mary? Uh, 16 and it's a warehouse supervisor. Got it. Okay. Now, uh, before I tell you what you're owed, tell me if they've offered you or how much severance they've offered you. Uh, nine months. Okay. Well, that's exactly half of what you're owed. Okay. You're owed about 18 months and potentially even closer to 20. So... The issue here is that they owe you potentially another, you know, year's pay. Uh, yeah. That makes this a wrongful dismissal. So the fact that they want you to train the manager again, not pleasant. I wouldn't enjoy it any, or to train the replacement. Not, I wouldn't enjoy it any more than you uh, enjoy it. But not illegal. What's illegal is the fact that you wrote a lot more severance. So what I want you to do, Mary, is I want you to connect with me off air. We'll give you that information in just a second. And let me help you get what you're owed because another year's pay potentially is what's at stake for you. Okay. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate that. I'm going to get you to uh, get a number here. You'll hear it uh, several times through the show anyway. But just in case, if you got a pen, 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And right here and now, as you know, 416-870-6400. Rick, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. What's going on, brother? Uh, I'm in the transportation sector. I'm a transport driver in my, uh, all over the place, just mostly southern Ontario. Now, during COVID, we were so busy, the company I was at, that we couldn't, you know, we weren't even allowed time off for our vacation. So the boss said it in lieu of, 
he said, if you want, you know, take your vacation money, you know, that way there. He just tried to appease us somewhat about that way there. And I was just still kind of wondering, because I said to my dispatch, I said, I got time from the last year that I want to take off. He said, no, you're not entitled to it, but you took your vacation pay in lieu of. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I didn't sign nothing for that. I just, I said, regardless, I think, as far as I know, I'm still still entitled to my vacation time off. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. There's a difference between vacation pay and vacation time. So the fact that you've gotten paid your vacation pay does not mean you don't get your vacation time. There's some employers that pay vacation pay on every check. That doesn't mean that their employees don't get vacation, actual vacation time off. You can't agree, even if you had agreed not to uh, take vacation uh, days, they can't hold you to that because you're legally entitled and required to take vacation. So no, they cannot do that. Uh, Probably the easiest and fastest way to resolve this uh, if if you can't convince them to back off, is to have me send them a letter, and and once they hear from me, they'll say, yeah, sorry, our bad, and and they'll fix it. But no, you're absolutely right, Rick. The fact that you took your vacation pay, which is there's nothing wrong with that, does not mean you've given up your vacation time, not at all. All right, thank you. Thanks, no Rick. Appreciate it. And uh, again, for you reaching out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Still got uh, oodles of time. So four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the way you uh, you want to call through. Back to our back to our email. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Steve is up. Says uh, guys, I've been working for my employer for the last five years. They just told me that my job will end in six months, but in the meantime, my hours will be reduced from forty to thirty a week. Can they do that? No, they can. Regardless of the notice that that he got of the termination of his employment, his employer doesn't have a right to change the terms of employment. And reducing hours from 40 to 30, that's a a massive change. Now, obviously, if they were to maintain his pay, then, hey, consider yourself lucky. But that's not going to happen. So if you're you're losing that much, you know, 25% or so of your compensation – then no, that's that's a constructive dismissal. So what he can do is say, I, I don't accept this. I don't agree to this. And if his employer implements this change anyway, despite him saying that he doesn't want it, he can say, okay, now that's a constructive dismissal. I'm out of here and severance is owed to me. So the fact that he received notice doesn't change that. Same with you at home. If you've been uh, subject to a change to the terms of your employment, change in hours, change in pay, change in shift, uh, changing your bonus plan or commission plan, whatever it is, you may be looking at a constructive dismissal. That means that you can say that's a termination and I want my severance. Of course, I've said this many times and I'll say it to everyone. If you do think you're in a constructive dismissal situation, before you hand in your letter of resignation and walk out of there, you have to call me. Okay? Do not resign. Please do not resign without speaking to me first because we have to do this right. But yes, in this situation, John, that's absolutely a constructive dismissal. You bet. Uh, Ron, you're up next. Ron says, Leor, I just came back from a disability leave. I got into a small accident at work. My company now says it doesn't believe that I am healthy enough to work, even though I am. Is there anything I can do about it? Well, this is where we go back to the doctor. Uh, He needs something from a doctor saying that he is able to work. And so he doesn't get to decide. The company doesn't get to decide. The doctor gets to decide. If he has a doctor's note saying he is able to work, the company has no choice but to accept that, to take that at face value. Uh, unless they observe that he can't do the work, they have to accept what the doctor says. 
they can't uh, say we disagree or they can't say, well, we think your doctor is wrong, so go see another doctor. None of that. If still, despite his doctor's note, they won't let him come back to work, well, that could be considered a, a, a dismissal, a wrongful dismissal. That could be potentially a human rights violation. It's completely illegal. So go to your doctor. Get clearance from your doctor. And if your doctor says you're fine, company has to follow that. If they don't, you know what to do. You give me a call. And same goes for any accommodation at that point. If it's uh, an accommodation, you know, prescription, for lack of a better term, from your doctor, they have to do as much as they can to comply with it as well, right? Actually, you know, prescription is a very good way to to put it because, you know, when you get a prescription, the doctor decides what you need, right? You need this medication or that treatment. Well, it's the same thing at work. If your doctor says this is what you need or this is what the employer needs to give you, the employer has to find a way to make it happen. This is what we call the duty to accommodate. Sometimes your doctor says you can go back to work, but it has to be a gradual return. So we're, you can't go back at 40 hours a week right off the bat. You have to start at uh, you know five hours a week and work your way up to 40. Well, the employer has to accommodate. Maybe the doctor says you need modified modified duties. So you can't lift these heavy loads. You have to do a job where you don't lift such heavy stuff. Well, again, employer has to accommodate. Now, during COVID, I've seen doctors often say, well, you need to work remotely because of your health issues. The risk of catching COVID is too severe. You could, you could die. So you need to work uh, remotely. If possible, the employer has to accommodate. That's what the duty to accommodate is all about. And an employer that doesn't want to and then doesn't try hard enough is in breach of the law. And there could be some very significant repercussions in that situation. Here and now, 416-870-6400. You still have time to uh, call the station here and ask your questions. We'd love to love to talk to you. And uh, you're, you're probably asking something that will help so many other people as they sit and listen here this evening as well. Bill uh, Bill says, whenever I go on vacation, my boss sends me many emails and expects me to answer them right away. I ended up doing a couple hours of work a day when I'm supposed to be on holidays. Is there anything I could do about this? Yeah, you know, you and I had a chat earlier this week about kind of disconnecting when you're off yeah. work. Uh, so this is this is a problem, and I find that it's a bigger problem even these days because of COVID-19, where we're already working from home, many of us. It's easy for the employer to say, well, if you're working from home, what does it matter if I email you at 2 in the afternoon or 8 in the evening or on Sunday? So that's not appropriate, and that's not right. You do have the the right to disconnect, and you have the right to your regular work hours. And certainly, if you're on vacation, you know, vacation from a legal standpoint is sacred in the sense that if you're on vacation, you have the right to be disconnected completely. And your employer, by the way, cannot penalize you for refusing to work while on vacation. So if you say to your employer, employer, I'm not even going to check my phone while I'm on vacation, just so you know. So if you email me, I'm not going to get it till I get back. Your employer cannot do anything to you. So that's what you need to do, set those boundaries, especially if you're on vacation, but even with respect to working on weekends or evenings. But vacation, as I said, really vacation time is sacred. You are 100% allowed to be off work completely, not just off physically, but also off you know, mentally. So you don't have to send emails and respond to things and take uh, phone calls. And your employer can't do anything about it. So set the boundaries and that's all you have to do. Get to Elizabeth. We still got to, still got some time here. Of course, Elizabeth says, uh, "Hey, Lior, I've had uh, two surgeries over the past ten months, and had to miss work for a few weeks each time. When I came back, my employer told me that I have exhausted all my leave days, 
and I can't take any more time off, what happens if I need to miss more work for medical reasons? So this is a very common situation where the employer confuses sick days with medical leave. Those are different things. So an employer may have a policy, and we provide you know, 10 sick days, let's, let's say. That's great. That's very nice for the employer to do that. But the fact that the employer does that, all that means is your employer is going to pay you for 10 days. But what happens if you need 11 days or 20 days? Well, it's very simple. It means you can take those extra days. You're just not going to get paid by your employer. You may qualify for certain government benefits, but you're not going to get paid by the employer. But that still means you can take off as long as you need to. Listen, some people have serious medical conditions and they have to be off for months. The employer doesn't get to decide how many days they're off or how much time they can, uh, they can take off to get better. If you're sick and you have a doctor's note, you can be off as long as you need to, as long as that doctor's note is there and supports you. You cannot be fired. There's no limit. There's no time frame. You could be off for a year. Hopefully it's not that bad and you don't have to be off for a year. But if you need a year and that's what the doctor says, that's what happens. And you're not fired or, or considered to have resigned just because of that. Sick days and medical leave are very different. Right. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. You still got to, some time here tonight to ask your questions. Troy, thanks for taking yeah. the time. Good evening. Good evening. Go ahead, Bill. So I, I got a friend that he's worked here as a foreign worker, and his contract came to him was he applied for an extension, but that hasn't come true as yet, and he's not getting any work from his to work anymore and they say well we don't have any documentation for you right now so and he's not getting EI or doesn't qualify is there anything because they're stuck here because there's no flights going back to their countries right so is there anything that they qualify for while they're here and I'm not working so he may well, he needs to speak with someone that's an immigration specialist because he may be able to get some sort of a, a kind of an emergency temporary type of a permit uh, while the main extension is being uh, resolved so that he can work and, and you know actually live here so there are these emergency types of extensions but he needs to speak to someone that that really deals with these things if he wants okay. to contact me off air, I can connect him with someone that I know, a good friend of mine who deals with these immigration type issues, and, and she okay. can advise him as to what the options are. But, uh, you know, that's a difficult situation, of course. But there are these emergency uh, extensions that you can get or emergency work permits that you can get in these situations. So that's the way to go. Okay. Thanks, Julia. I'm going to pass that on. You bet. Thanks, Thank you. Roy. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Here is that number, one 821 5900 Going to move on down the line to Keith. Hey, Keith, how are you? Not too bad. How are you doing tonight, Joan? We're good, sir. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Okay. So, uh, last year, I've been working uh, full-time running a restaurant for the last uh, nine years. And uh, last year, we shut down at the start of COVID, before the province did, actually. And uh, the week before we opened, I got hit with a medical issue that landed me in hospital. Now, I expected to be back at work within a month, which would have been July. It was in June that I, uh, I took ill. Um, but when I got out of hospital, side effects set in. And I let the ownership know right away that I had side effects, but I had no idea how long it was going to be. So I kept in touch with them every month or two um, through until September area when I let them know that the doctor was going to be putting me on a medical leave because my body needed to, to rebuild itself. Basically, I lost my physicality to work. 
The uh, owner himself hasn't actually tried to contact me at any point, although I was trying to keep in touch with him. A day or so after New Year's, he contacted me just to see how I was doing, and I let him know that I still had one specialist and one side effect to deal with, which I got clearance for in March to finally start working. So I contacted them. um, It was about a month after I got the clearance to to say that I've got my ability back to to work, and I'm looking for full-time work. I've taken just a little side job to to build myself back up, but I'm looking for full-time work. However... I found a job posting on the company's website for my position about a month or so before that as well. I have not heard back from them, so I'm not sure how to proceed, what I should do. I would like to work. However, I got the impression from the existing staff that they don't actually want me back, although I have nothing concrete in paper or in an email to say so. However, there's been no replies from the owner to my emails. So since you contacted your employer about going back to work has the business been open yes in fact they've been open the whole time they were just doing curbside pickup and such and i, I would have been able yeah. to work but I, I was i got it well in that situation you're you're able now just the, this lack of response uh, this lack of cooperation you're able to treat that as a termination of your employment you don't need the paperwork you don't need them to to say it's a termination it, the law considers that to be a termination, but it's even worse for them because potentially that's a human rights violation as well. You ser- you clearly had a serious medical condition, and yeah. their obligation is to make all efforts to bring you back. They've obviously ignored those obligations. They haven't contacted you, worked with you, tried to bring you back. So that, that's a human rights issue as well. And you've been there for how long? Uh, nine years. So again, depending on a number of factors, you could be owed as much as 10 or 12 months of, of pay here. So what I propose you do, uh, Keith, is why don't you call me off air? Let's have a chat more in depth. And if you want to pursue and get your termination entitlements, uh, then, yeah, let's do it. You can't force them to respond to you. What you can do is make sure you get the compensation that you're owed. Now, is there a reasonable amount of time that I should wait between my message to them and a reply? It's certainly well, a couple of days, not neither here nor there, but it, it's coming up on a week, and I know they're heading into busy season, and they're about to reopen fully. I, I would follow up with them uh, you know, before the end of the week, and if yep. next week there's still no response, then I think we're, we're good to go from my perspective. Okay, and following up with them, should I just say that I'm concerned about a lack of response, or should I just touch base again and say, you know what, I'm able to work? And leave it at that. Yeah, I said I, I'm following up on my uh, okay. communication from last week. Uh, I'm ready to go work, and I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much for your assistance. And- no problem. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it, pal. One final phone call. We'll get it in in about 30 seconds here. Uh, Ari, thank you for standing by. What's your question? Hey, uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Great show. Um, I have a friend who's uh, a doctor and uh, has expressed concerns about in the future now, like or later on, being um, uh, essentially required to get vaccination um, for certain employment. And I heard you talk about it earlier, and, and, and you mentioned something about certain exceptions. I thought, uh, could you elaborate on that more? So if it's a job that cannot be done safely unless you've been vaccinated, then yes, an employee may have to be vaccinated. But the employer would have to show that there's just the risk here of not being vaccinated is so much greater than in a regular job. Most jobs you can do safely with masks and distancing, etc. If this job cannot be, depending on what he does, in that narrow set of circumstances, a vaccine may be uh, required. 
And a good way to wrap it up. Again, always a busy topic. It's how we started, how we're going to end. Is this thing about vaccines? You want to reach out to Lior now that we are done? No problem. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Justemploymentlawyer.ca. The firm website will take you to our long-running TV show. And then finally, the website everybody should know and use. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Stand by. On Point is coming right back. Alex Pearson up next on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.